Hello and welcome to another episode of CMO Combo, the CMO Alliance podcast where we dive into insights from the best and brightest CMOs and top-level marketers. This time, I'm speaking to Kyla Yates, who's here to share her experiences as an interim CMO, to give advice to both other interim CMOs and the companies that employ them on everything they need to hit the ground running and get the most out of their time. This episode brought to you by Deep Crawl. Savvy CMOs know that SEO has never been a more important part of their marketing mix. Ranking at the top of Google search results has a direct impact on revenue by lowering customer acquisition costs, but content and keyword optimization is only part of the picture. Following recent search engine updates, your overall website health and technical performance are key to ranking well in 2021 and beyond. With Deepcrawl's all-in-one technical SEO and website health platform, your team will have the tools it needs to track your website's technical performance, improve page ranking, and stay top of mind with customers by staying top of the search results in Google. Join leading brands who already use Deepcrawl, including teams at Adobe, eBay, Twitch, PayPal, Microsoft, and Canva. Visit deepcrawl.com to ensure your brand reaches its full revenue potential through the one initiative most marketing teams overlook, technical SEO. Hi, Kyla. How are you doing today? Hi, good. How are you doing? Uh, I'm, I'm good. I mean, I'm a little bit full of cold, so we'll, but we'll suffer through that today. Um, I apologize to any listeners if I make any gross noises, but... <laughs> it's the, it's the season it's it's autumn in the uk like it's cold season so it's going around um but today we're talking about hitting the ground running as an interim cmo um it's something that is going to be very important for a lot of companies that are moving out of sort of like their pandemic like downsizing looking to expand them probably going to be employing a lot of interim cmos in the coming months so it's going to be very relevant both to both the cmos but also to companies that are looking to employ interim CMOs um, absolutely but before we get down to, to that Kyla how about you introduce yourself to our, our audience tell us a bit about your professional background and your approach to the CMO role yeah of course thank you for having me by the way um okay so Kyla Yates and I have been an, a, um, a marketer for well over 30 years um, I started you know my, I cut my teeth at um, IBM and kind of moved on from there so always within the tech space. Um, most of my career has been uh, living overseas. So I really believe that if you're going to be looking after international markets, you need to understand the context within which that message is landing, the creative is landing, you know, the color, the number, whatever, is that you really understand the context that, that um, your clients are, are receiving information. Uh, from plus, I'm you know I'm just I am just um, a character that just is always curious. I'm always interested in learning new things, and goodness, who doesn't love travel? <laughs> so, spent a lot of my career living overseas and 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 honing my craft. Um, but I became an interim CMO just over eight years ago. Um, it was the you know I'd finished a role and I was not really sure where I wanted to go. And I needed, I really was looking for somewhere where I could have an immediate impact. That was really important to me. And, then, and hence moving into uh, interim roles because you can have an incredible impact really quickly. Uh, and that impact can be in so many different ways. So I'll stop for a moment, see if there's anything you want to, you know, go back over or ask. No, 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 that sounds good. Um, so, but that, that it must be a good role for a curious person being an interim CMO. Like you're always being, I don't want to say dumped into new situations, but you're always in a new situation, new yes. role, new company to discover, new industries to discover. Even exactly, I love learning, um, and I really love what I found in you know in, in this interim business is that actually, while a lot of the problems that companies might feel that they're facing are unique to them, they're not. You know, the comfort is in knowing that you're not, you know, you're not alone. There's lots of other people facing the same sort of challenges. Um, but I can bring a different perspective to the, to the issue. So technology and tech marketing has gone through this. It, it goes through a constant, you know, innovation. And that's one of the reasons why I love working in tech marketing is this constant innovation and the impact that that innovation has on society on businesses business models and and how organizations grow fascinates me but it's also can be quite a challenge for companies to to understand um 
how to how to leverage that technology, um, how to move. If you've started on a path, you know, you've sort of had a vision and you're growing your organization and you're he all heading towards a direction, but you can see that that direction maybe isn't where you want to be. There's new innovation, new opportunities. How do you move? Sometimes it's like moving the Titanic. How do you move a, an organization to a new direction? Um, are all kind of things that I've, I've faced in, in the last year with, with clients and perhaps maybe talk a little bit about that, you know, the, the why, why an interim and what is an, in, you know, why would an interim be a good solution for some of the scenarios I just talked about? Yeah, let's, let's dive into that. Let's, let's go with it. Yeah. Like, like what, what, what kind of function does an interim CMO usually, or what, what, what kind of function do you usually perform as an interim yeah. CMO? That's probably a better way of putting it. Let's talk about me for a minute, um, because, you know, I understand that there will be interim CMOs who bring a different set of skills. You know, um, a lot of the companies and, and the, uh, the organizations that I've worked with have been looking for um, team transformation, the marketing organization transformation. So organizational design, structure, process, some of those, you know, kind of uglier bits. But it's really, the, is the marketing team... It's a horrible phrase to use, and please, it's certainly not something that CEOs have used with me, but it's, it's a good way for me to describe, is the marketing team fit for purpose? Here's where we want to be. And we have an, you know, a marketing organization that's doing great work, but maybe they're not leveraging technology in a, in a way that, that would give them greater efficiency or more impact to pipeline uh, management. And then certainly within some of the startups and scale-ups, you know, it's, we've never had a CMO before. We, and now we realize that actually we need to have a, uh, somebody who's part of our executive team. Uh, previously, marketing might have reported into a, you know, head of function, so operations. Um, and, the, and, and as part of that, bringing someone into the um, exec team is... We don't, we don't understand marketing and we want somebody that can, you know, um, help us understand what we should be looking for in terms of a new head of marketing, a new CMO, but also what's the infrastructure we need to prepare and plan for um, and adopt in order to make that new person successful. Those, that, those are really quite, you know, um, different types of CMO function, CMO or interim roles but equally fascinating. So I always find that, you know, if you've not had a CMO as part of the exec team, that worries me because that suggests that someone has been, you know, looking after the brand, someone's been looking after the go-to-market either at the side of their desk or it's been juniorized. That role hasn't been given uh, a strategic voice. And, and to come in as the interim CMO, you need to feel like you can have that voice. You need to have the authority um, and the credibility. So some of, you know, sometimes what you're having to do when you first come in is create that credibility, create that immediate impact that people will see that the role of marketing has moved, has changed, and, and, and that there's a different outcome that they could expect from their marketing function. That's quite a big ask for one person for six months, you know, and that immediate impact you've got to be able to do within, within your first hundred days. So um, I love them, they're a challenge, but they come with, you know, um, an immense amount of stress because you, you really do have the responsibility of how is marketing going to be perceived and how, how is the team that I'm going to, to create um, going to be able to respond to that um, challenge. Remember, many of them will have been, you know, might have reported into an operations head or into product or CPO. You're now taking them out and you're putting the lens on this marketing organization. You're putting a lens on the individuals and um, that comes with, you know, immense amount of pressure. And, and so there's some things that I do and I'll talk about some of the tactics a, a little bit later, but. That, that's the sort of um, function, but the role, 
that you're playing within these companies changes, right? So some organizations are, are really saying, we know we have an issue with um, not understanding the customer journey. Our products aren't really built around that customer experience. And we're losing business, you know, we're losing churn for our app. How do we fix that? We know that there's a, uh, um, you know, a refinement to our product. How do we go about data gathering? Now, of course, most product teams should be able to do that, but where are they, who's doing the insight gathering? And then who's creating the actionable plan from that insight gathering? So those are, you know, some of those, but there's, there's, um, the majority of the work I do is in pipeline development, the, the demand generation, the acquisition of new business, and um, in really creating a strong data-driven, insights-driven marketing team that uses the right technology at the right time. And that comes with its own challenges because data and insights is something that you need to gather over time. You know, um, I'm absolutely hugely targeted, you know, um, uh, KPIs driven, but you need to set those KPIs in a way that is, you know, that, that are achievable um, to start with, but, but also so that you can say, I'm gonna gather all of the SEO, for instance. We'll, gather, we'll, we'll rewrite content from an SEO perspective, and then we'll gather the data. And we'll be able to give you a view immediately of, of the impact of that work, but don't make too many assumptions. You know, let's let's not make too many hasty decisions about the type of marketing we do um, until we've had a bit more time to, to really investigate, was it a piece of content? Was it the timing of that content? Was it the channel that that content was delivered on? And was it, you know, an H1 or an H2 that made the difference? Well, in, what, what was it that created that reaction? And that's the bit where some of the C-suite can get a little, you know, frustrated. It's like, why don't you know? So it's really about being able to, to be productive very quickly and, and um, setting expectations. All I seem to do is reset and set expectations. Um, and then finally, one of the other um, key aspects of what is also brand reputation. You know, growth is uh, is absolutely what every company wants to do, but you want to do it in a way that is 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 enhancing and building that brand and that reputation. So so much of that is also you know orchestrating messaging, segmentation, brand surveys, and reception and all the way through to creative look and feel. So I know quite a broad um, uh, um, breadth of the type of marketing work that, that we would do, but that's also one of the joys of being an interim. You kind of, you almost get to pick the projects you're going to work on. Is it, is it like individual projects that you're brought in to work on or, or, or are you just sometimes brought in just to be a CMO? Just yeah, to be a CMO so, for six months? Like, yeah, normally it's be a CMO for six months. Be a CMO for six months. Here's the problem that we have. And normally it's, you know, uh, our head of marketing didn't work out. We've lost a head of marketing. Um, they've moved to a, you know, a competitor. Or um, actually what we realize is we, the role was a head of marketing. It's a director level role. And we want, it, we want to upgrade the position. And with that, upgrade marketing. So we're, we're about to invest heavily in marketing. Um, and as part of that investment process, we will bring in an interim, but we want you to help us hire the, 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 you know, the, the new head of uh, the new CMO and, and to make them successful. So mostly it is, um, I, prefer, I prefer them coming and being interim. I have worked on projects. You know, I've worked on specific um, CMO projects. So I, one of the CMO, um, uh, interim roles I did was to hold the fort for someone who was about to join. They had a four months um, gardening leave break and, they, and, and so I was holding the fort during that period but part of the KPIs that we set for that interim uh, period for me is I'd look at the organizational structure that I would have for them, um, how we go about funding that new organization. This, this person was coming into really only three marketers globally. 
and and I built a business case for 25. Um, not immediately, because no company's going to fund that, but certainly being able to show that phased approach of where are the priorities and where do we move to within, within a window of two years. Um, and then within that project, it was really, um, we've got a, a really big product launch. It's huge. It will change the way that we're perceived and hence moving to the CMO position. Um, and, and, and really help us with that, with that launch and, and the positioning and, and getting all the right resources to help us deliver. So it's usually, you know, we need a we need an interim, but there can be some really big projects. Mm-hmm. So when it, when it comes to let's start with just being an interim, like I don't want to say just being an interim, but being an interim. <laughs> What preparation do you do before you start work? What, what do you have in your head for, yeah. before you get into the office on day? Or if you're not getting into the offices, if it's remote work, like what do you have in your head in day one? What information do you need? What prep work yes. do you do? I think, I think so much of it is, is really what, what, it, what good marketers do is take the brief. Um, and it's so, you know, the conversations that you're having with, with, um, the execs that you're speaking to, in, that you're introduced to. Um, more often than not, there'll be somebody from HR and the CEO. But I always ask to speak to all slightly wider. So the head of sales, head of product, are usually, you know, my go-tos because they give me a sense of, are these, are these people I could work with? Is the cultural fit right? But also really understanding priorities. The, what the CEO might tell you, may not be played out on your colleagues. So it's really being able to see, is everyone on the same page? Are we all, are we all focused on the same outcomes and objectives for this um, placement? And then it's, it's really taking a brief like, so you know, what specifically, what are the outcomes you're expecting? Um, how do we measure that? How do we track that? How, what, what is, you know, who's, Who's looking at that performance, um, and, and and how do I make sure I, that's something that I feel I could deliver in the in the period of time that the of the placement? So some you know some things can be some things are achievable, some aren't. Or what I can say is that looks that looks to me to be a six month window of outcome. I can give I know within the four month placement. That these are the these are the steps we'll take to achieving that, and we'll have a you know we'll have a roadmap for that six months. We'll have a roadmap for eight months. So some of it is a lot of it is taking the brief, and then it's being able to um, define. I usually like to define my 30, 60 day plan, um, and some of the you know the metrics and the objectives that are set around that, and get that agreed up front. Um, and really from there, it's, it, it is just being able to go back to those and, and, and revisit within the first 30 days and say, hey, now that I've been here 30 days, here are some of the challenges in order to be able to meet these, and this is why. So it's really um, so often resetting those objectives. Sometimes it's, it's completely redefining them, but take the brief, really be sure that the cultural it is going to be right because I have done that. I've gone into an organization where I, I've known almost immediately that this was not going to be the right place for me. Um, and I think, and, and in, in at least one instance, um, they hadn't cleared the path, right? So part of it is also clearing the path, is letting um, the marketing organization know, letting the, the entire organization know that we have. You know, we're hiring an interim and, and that interim is going to be focusing purely on these four things. Everything else is, you know, noise. But these four things need to be fixed in order for us to achieve these objectives. So it's really also being able to advise the new client, the new company of um, how to prepare the ground for the new, new um, interim CMO. Did I answer your question? Yes, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, it sounds interesting what you're talking about um, setting the KPIs. Who's who sets these KPIs? Who sets these metrics? Is it is it just you that you have internally, or do you talk to 
like the CEO? Do you talk to other heads of department to do them? I'm, I'm setting those objectives with the CEO. And where there's an impact, so for instance, if it's a product launch, you know, you, we really, one of the things you need to achieve while you're here in the six months is we have a, a, a huge um, digital product that we need to launch. Um, and these are some of it. So what I'll do is there is go work with that CPO or the head of that particular team and understand what is achievable, you know? Um, and and this all of this, you know, it might sound like I'm going to set objectives like me. Well, n- not many companies allow you to do that. <laughs> it is then a conversation and the dynamic that you have with finance team, chief commercial officer. It's all it's all part and parcel of the um, just the dynamic of what being part of a, a management team is. You know, what what objectives have we set? Where's the strategy? Um, how is this new product going to meet your business strategy and, and um, what metrics did you set around it? More often than not, I have metrics set for me that I can't change because they're so bedded into the roadmap of the organization. My role then becomes how do we how do we achieve those um, without sort of killing people in the process? <laughs> um, but also do we really need to go back and revisit some of those market expectations? Um, it's it, yeah, it's like anything; it's a negotiation, and um, I, there I've set KPIs sometimes that I've regretted <laughs> because they've been almost impossible. To Haven't make. we all? Haven't yeah. we all? <laughs> but that's part and parcel of the you know the fun of it all is like what can we what can we do, um, and how do we go clearing the path to get it done? Let's talk about clearing the path. So one of the big issues, I suppose, the way of putting it, big issues that have come up a lot in, in these episodes and my conversations with CMOs, um, more like the residential, I suppose that's a way of putting it, in, in-house CMOs, is building those relationships with other heads of department, with other, mm-hmm. other departments. They've got the advantage of time to build those relationships. They can build personal relationships with those heads of department. How do you do it as an interim CMO? It could be just in there for like three months or four months. Like, how do you build that solid relationship with like the head of sales or the head of finance? It's what a great question because I'm I'm going to tell you it's something I I, I wonder about myself. Uh, I have, and and it really comes down to very honest conversations, really honest conversations. Just mm-hmm. say, you know, tell me what what in the first week. I'm, I'm meeting many of those heads of, and and part of the conversations usually is what's worked and what hasn't worked. And here's the KPI I've set for myself, or this is the KPI we agreed. Within that context, what's achievable? With whom? Which team? How do we create? And 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 I think certainly within management, when you're joining a management team, they're all. That, you know they are all wedded to this outcome so you tend to get people saying you know what I know I need to I need to um I was going to use the word pivot I don't like pivot anymore. <laughs> um, you know, we all know we need to move um our sales operations team to in order to make this that you successful make the project success, successful so I think part of it is a management team that completely is behind the, um, the, the outcomes that the CMO has signed up for. So everyone signed up for them. I, have, I really have felt that they're, they're a shared goal. Um, and then it's just really honest, almost brutal conversations sometimes. You know, um, finance you're you know you've promised me that we'll get the the funding for this but every time i go and hit then you know the the, instead of the cfo the head of finance store and i get seen you know i get shown the same spreadsheet well that's good you know that has to move have you ring fenced fund where is how do i why do i tap into that ring fenced fund um those are really sometimes difficult conversations. Um, 
but I've not, I've, I honestly haven't met anyone in a company that hasn't been open to um, getting some feedback on their function and their, and the way that their team is interacting with marketing, uh, where we could get greater efficiencies, where there might be, you know, more opportunity to work closely in ahead of something happening. You know, so it's that, how do we get, how do we build the processes to, to take some of the angst and the, and the infuriating conversations out? Um, how do we, how do we work better together? So that's a process, it's personalities, conversations. Um, I think I'm also one of these people that just doesn't, I, I just believe we're all, we're all in this for the same reason. We want this company to be successful. So why wouldn't we find a way to get around our own uh, functional barriers? You know, there's, there's, always a, there's always a way to work um, together a bit more, you know, a bit more closely, a bit better. We find those. Do you, do you take any activities, any, like, is there, is there like a, a step process you have for building these bonds or is it just like a, you just work it out on the job kind of thing? I work it out. I mean, a lot of the processes, like, so that I think the first month is the most important. And I put a lot of energy into the first month, in, in, including before I join. So here's the things that you companies should do in preparation for me to come on board. And, and, that sometimes is it, it could be just a week to get it to get you know to clear the runway for me to come. Um, obviously, the technology and, and making sure that I can be productive straight away. But there's some really simple things. Um, I found having admin support immediately is it's it, you know it's like a game changer because they're shed, they're getting the calls set up for me before I've even joined. Um, but they also know how to navigate the invoicing process, you know, how to, if something doesn't work for my IT or office, you know, access, when we get back to offices, I'm in office today, um, the, the, all of that, that is cleared. Um, but there's also things like induction. So understanding the way, who's who in the company, um, how does the company operate? The things that you would do for anyone that's joining um, afresh, how do they, where's your intranet, where where do they go for, you know, so getting all of that done within the first few days and having admin support is just, has just paved the way for, for me to be successful. Getting a lot of those calls set up and, and knowing, you can find out a calls, I say calls, face-to-face more often than not. Um, you can find, you know very quickly, who is maybe not on the same page as you. Mm-hmm. And, and I just know I need to spend more time with them uh, or I need to go and investigate why. Um, I What I found really good is in the first two weeks, I have a, a quick um, catch up and literally 15 minutes with the CEO every other day. And that's just to say, hey, I'm... I'm Here's some assumptions I'm starting to build. These are these are my initial theories. Uh, I, my you know my hypothesis for this is: Do you agree or disagree? It, have I misunderstood? Am I you know not capturing the right um, feedback? Who else do I need to go and talk to in order to to step away from this hypothesis? Um, and look. Is it all, you know, is the CEO always the right person to ask? Not always. Um, sometimes it is just, recon- it's connecting with the board members too, to understand where um, they are. And, and particularly companies, just not just listed companies, but also um, scale-ups. And it, it's that first month is where you make the most, how quickly you can absorb information. The back to that first couple of weeks is also, Where's your strategy dog? Where are we with having achieved those strategic goals? What are your, where are our revenue um, uh, targets? And also where are we on meeting the um, revenue targets? Does anyone, you know, where can I get a win loss report? Who can take me through, um, is there a customer focus group? 
how can I, how can I meet them? And, and where I can, I also, sorry, there's, there's a random clause going on. It's, it's, it's all good, it's all good. We can edit stuff out if needed. Um, and where I can, I really like to get out and talk to buyers. So with a couple of the commercial team, sales team is just so I can go and listen to the way they pitch the organization, the way that the, a specific product or service might be talked about. Um, oh gosh, it, you know, all the way down to who owns the website. Let me go and see what, what, what the data looks like. So it really is just that first month of the foundation setting. So I know um, one of the other things is if we have a PR agency, what's our crisis plan? So that I, you know, God forbid anything should happen, I know how to respond. And I have had an interim uh, assignment. It was my first week, Friday afternoon, I'm working from home, reading all of these sort of documents and something of a crisis happened. In the first week, in the first my week? My first week. Wow. It was a Friday. Um, CEO is on holiday. CFO, who was standing in for the CEO, is just out of pocket. He's driving to, you know, his summer home. And but the I, perfect store, like the last you know, thing you want. Your, but it was also the perfect example of where a C, an interim CMO who has, you know, a, a bunch of experience can just say. And I've got other exec members calling me, going, "Oh my god, have you seen this?" this and just, yep. Could you all just get away from my phone? right now I don't want to speak to you I want to speak to my PR agency <laughs> and it, it, I'd already met them so it's this it's it's actually understanding all of the crises type of stuff where how does if the website goes down who fixes it and having that knowledge actually gives you greater confidence to just go about your day so just I, I'm I am a bit of a um uh, a disaster theorist you know I always look at like What's the worst thing that could happen with this? <laughs> um, but it helps. It just it makes me feel more comfortable knowing that I know what to do should something um, should should there be a, a problem. Well, um, it's, it's just like knowing where your where your fire exits are and stuff. Like 100%. day one, know where the fire exits are. Know what to do in a marketing crisis as well. Exactly, and you know, luckily I, I managed to close that one down very quickly. It was a Friday afternoon. Too, so not the best journalist in the world. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's 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 those things. It's it's I think another reason why um, seasoned um, she says with a salt pepper seasoned CMO uh, is is what you're hiring. You know you're, you're, that's what you're paying for. And I suppose if you're if it's a short interim that you're working for, you need a seasoned CMO, someone who can hit the ground running straight away. Like yeah. Often, you know, um, so many of the execs that I work with will say, I don't understand that. I kind of know what I like about, I'm, you know, marketing does some things, but I don't actually know how marketing works. I think certainly the more digital marketing um, and, and, and a lot of the MarTech execs really don't understand. And so what they're looking for you to do is to help them kind of navigate that. And so therefore... They'll kind of go. I know when I I know I know enough to be dangerous, but actually don't know enough. So I I do want someone that can come in and say, "You told me that your problem was demand generation, or the the quality of the leads that we're getting is is not you know it, it's it's poor." But actually, your issue isn't the quality of the leads; it's your products, or it could be your your customer care, your after you know. After someone's acquired a product, they're kind of it's low value, so they're not going to, they're not, don't really care about coming out of it. Um, there would, a seasoned CMO would be able to tell you where that problem really comes from and can also say, you know, you hired me to come and look at your brand and your reputation, but actually, I think you have a bigger problem over here in, in, um, in your marketing or, you know, in, in your sales organization. So let me go and see, is it, is it a sales enablement issue? Is it a sales um, training issue? Is it, so it's the marketer, a CMO who is an expert in what they do, but also an expert in, in how marketing fits into the bigger organization. Do you think as an interim CMO, then you have 
a better appreciation for like the broader responsibility of marketing within the organization because you have to be able to get in there straight mm-hmm. away and look at all the big picture that's yeah. related to marketing like yeah. you don't have time to just be i'm just in charge of brand you have to know straight away how does this brand fit into the different functions of the business exactly and it, it's it's you know the marketing marketing cmo should be a generalist we should then be able to go and i mean i, I you know the where i am at the moment we we know we've got something not that's not working in 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 marketing operations right there's something with our tech stack that's not working so rather than in completely change all the processes and change everything hire an expert who will come and tell us what's broken in in stack you know before it was just the quality of leads or or the process within, within which the lead is being managed and how it ends up in the sales funnel is just it's, it's, it's a mess so as a generalist, I know I can see where I think I know where the problem is. So I've hired somebody to come and look at that problem, and I but it's a specialist. And I, I, as a generalist, I can then identify where we need to rectify, remedy, and how. Uh, bring in short-term care, and then move on to the next issue. And they're all connected. You know, it's all. Super connected. So a, a CMO should be a generalist. Definitely, definitely. You have to cover so much as a CMO, mm-hmm. and particularly as an interim CMO. Um, so we have kind of crossed into what I did want to talk about next, which was we talked about like the, I don't want to say external, but like interdepartmental work that you do as an interim CMO. What about specifically within the marketing function? Like, do you go in like day one? Do you do a big inspiring speech to the team and <laughs> lay out your strategy? Like what what is like, how do you work with marketing teams when you're yeah. So every marketing team that I work have worked with will tell you that I don't do the inspiring speech. <laughs> um, I I'm just too pragmatic. I'm, I'm a real pragmatist. You know, it's um, most of the marketing teams that I've worked with have either just lost a seat, the head of marketing, um, and are a little bit shell shocked. Or are um, have known for a while that things won't work, you know. So they're kind of ready and receptive, but worried and really concerned about the impact that's going to have on them as a team and as individuals. So my my approach is always with compassion, because you know how would you? I would feel I would feel all of those things if it was me. So, and, and at that point, I don't want an inspiring speech. I want to feel that the person that's going to come in is going to listen to me, that I, have, I still have a valid voice in, in me, the work that this person's going to do with me, um, and that they are, you know, are going to be the voice of marketing into the exec. Um, and finally, that... That, that, that I feel like they could inspire more creative, more um, um, metrics-driven work. So I, I tend to do the, you know, I talk about my experience and um, the types of companies I've worked for, the types of work I've done, um, and certainly the last few uh, interim assignments, just to get them a sense of, uh, of of the work that we'll be doing together. But I'm also really honest, you know, that this is, that the interim role is about transforming marketing. And we have, we collectively have this amazing opportunity to go and recraft um, a team and organization in the vision that we'd want, you know? How often if we, as employees, sat in a group and kind of go, mm, wish we could do more of this and I don't understand why my boss won't allow us to do this but I think the for a marketing team an interim CMO is this amazing opportunity to be able to say I've had I've got four ideas that I'd love to share with you you know I really think we could we could work more closely with sales if we did more of this or we have a real problem with us, you know, with our with our product teams because they're not sharing enough with us. So 
that's the problem I want you to solve for me. It's th those are the those are the things I look for from my team um, as I go in to look after them and kind of be their caretaker manager for a while. Is you've been here longer than I have, so you, you're you're more aware of where the roadblocks will be, where the road bumps might come. Um, you will have you will have had ideas that maybe weren't you weren't able to realize before. And that's not because the previous head of marketing didn't allow it to happen. Sometimes it's the organization structure didn't allow it to happen, you know, or the organization's ambitions have changed. And so marketing should be able to, to step up to those ambitions. And, and so that, that to me is the, is the opportunity to go and do some great work. Um, and I think as part of the you know, interim management is also the opportunity to say no. I say this to every single team I go to work with, is you have a chance to say no. You know, there are some things that are just noise that we do because we've always done them. Well, what would we stop doing? And some of them won't, won't stop, you know, some I can't stop. Some, is, some of the things are just functions of our role that we might not like doing, but we can find other efficiencies. But really, it's also being able to say, you know, we waste our time writing. A oh, great example, right? So we have inter a lot of, a lot of marketing teams have internal newsletters, right? That, that inform their sales colleagues of what's coming. Mm -hmm. Do we really need a newsletter? Do we need to be spending a half a day writing, you know, newsletters when there are some great tools like Slack and Confluence and things where you can put all the information up there and just say, hey, sales, go over to that Confluence page. I've got everything in there, my initial thoughts of where I'm going with this new initiative, uh, the data we're gathering, the insights we've been able to capture. I've got some slides over there that you can read through, and I've done a, a short video commentary with it. So I don't even have to waste your time. It's on demand. Go, go check it out. I'd love to see how it, that message lands with a customer. And, and that just means that the marketing team is more efficient. Um, and that, that we can be more iterative with the work that we do, um, which means that our work improves with every interaction it has with a colleague. And so it's all about really... Um, What's holding you back? And then let's try and figure out how we solve that. It's interesting because you wouldn't you wouldn't think that an interim CMO would be in a position to really take ownership of like learning and development of the marketing team. But it sounds like there's something that you do as part of your role. Yeah, yeah. I, I really believe that that's, I mean, it's one I love. It's one of the things I love doing anyway is um, I, I, I have quite open conversations with each of the team members, you know, what are your, where, where do you want to be in, in, from a career perspective? Um, how, why are you here? What's keeping you here? What, you know, what motivates you? What, are the, what work have you really enjoyed doing and why? And what do you wish we could do more of? That gives me a sense of who they are. Um, and I'm really proud of the fact that certainly from most of the companies I've worked with, most of the companies I've worked with, the team that's that's stayed, that's stuck together, and we've evolved. I still talk to, coach, mentor, answer questions. You know, uh, a few of them we still have. Um, there's one group that I have. All our conversations are gifts. <laughs> so you we can, all have one of those groups. We all have one. Yeah. Of those. <laughs> but I, you know, it really is about getting to know the individuals how those individuals fit within the plan that, and the transformation that you need to make happen and having brutal conversation, really brutal. In, in, in a lot of these transformations, you are letting people go. Um, and those really open, honest um, conversations that I, I really should thank everyone that's participated in them um, and has, you know, responded so well is just to be able to say here's where the team needs to be and I think that you're in the wrong space you know what can we do to help you and it and sometimes it is training you know sometimes it is a simple thing as I think if you you know if you spend 
the next six months learning this tool. If you, if you go and sign up with C, the CIM or, or, or you know, um, spend time with um, working in a, pro, in a project management role, logo and project management skills, work in a product management role for a short while so you understand the impact of what's happening. So some of those are very easy internal processes and programs. Some of them are courses in, in education. Um, and then often it is just, how, how can I personally help you find another role? Because I don't think you're going to, you know, I don't think you're going to enjoy this. Project. I don't think your, your skills are quite right for this project. And that, those, those conversations I don't have immediately. They're, they're over time, it's through, um, testing and and um, coaching and watching and tasking. So that's where I get very hands on. It gets into the weeds sometimes. So, th- so it's about your personal experience of the team rather than necessarily like previous performance stats or previous like. I do both. Yeah, I do both. Yeah, I'm not. I'm, I'm looking at previous assessments. I'm lo- I'm I'm talking to people inside the organization that they're interacting with. Um, I'm, I'm lo- always looking at what is the business outcome that we need to drive. And, and is this person going to be able to um, change the PR function? You know, I, I know I'm not getting value out of my, press, my PR agency. They're, they're too passive. They're kind of waiting for me. If I get on a call, then they respond to things. Why is that? Is it because that person that is the head of PR um, isn't, doesn't have the voice, doesn't have the training, doesn't have the, the experience? Uh, or they may not even have metrics that they've given the PR agent. Let's set the metrics and let's see how they, you know, that person is able to respond to that challenge. If they're not able to respond to that challenge, I give them another challenge. And it's just... I think, you know, if, if you're going to let somebody go, you kind of need to tell them why. And I don't have the luxury of six months with them, but I can give them internal feedback and I can give them the feedback from my own observations of their ability to step up. And more often than not, it is just me demanding more, but within the scope of their function and their, you know, experience and um, authority within a company. So I just talked about, you know, the head of a uh, head of PR. If they're not able to manage a, a PR agency, you have a problem. And that's an easy problem to define to an individual um, and give them an opportunity and give them some of the tools in order to step up. But if they're not able to step up, it's a very, it's a very open conversation because I've already given you the, the needs and you haven't been able to um, you know, for whatever reason, there's always there's always something. Um, if you're not able to step up, then, the, then then my conversation is, I don't think you this is the right place for you. But it could be that I hire in someone to be the head of PR, in which case I need to change job title. A couple of people are okay with that. You know, some of them sort of say, actually, that's all I've ever wanted is to have someone to come. You know to learn from, to learn my craft from, um, that's fine. So it's, um, I, again, it's that back to being a compassionate leader is understanding um, the impact of your words, the impact of, of the advice and the guidance you're going to give someone and, and doing it in a way that is just um, human, clear, and, and, and with, you know, data points to help somebody understand why. It's always the why. I, I was actually just about to ask, like, what is the ultimate golden rule of being an interim CMO? But you seem to have summed it up pretty perfectly. They're being a compassionate leader, having, but also having the data-driven points to support what yeah. you need to do. Yeah, and all of those things are, you know, you really have to be able to... Um, Asserts the wrong word, but I'll use assert because I can't think of another one. <laughs> your your credibility and your experience and knowledge within a company, within the marketing team, within you know your peer group, and I don't always have the answers. You know, I, 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 being able to say I don't actually know what the answer is for that 
but let's go figure it out. Here's some things that I think we could we could use to go and track where that, that change might be. Um, a, a good example is uh, one of the companies that I, I worked with in the go-to-market planning was atrocious. <laughs> and but that's because everyone was kind of, you know, within the organization, um, the different functions were just looking at their own, what do I need to do in order to get this thing out into the market? But what was being forgotten is that how do you get something out to the market? You get it through marketing. And you can't just throw stuff over the wall and go, here you go, marketing, go and make it stick. Um, so it's creating that go-to-market but doing it in a way that's really working with all of your colleagues across the organization and, and for them to realize that, ah, okay, now I get what you're trying to do. I get that actually you're going to take away a lot of the frustrations and inefficiencies I was working with in order to create a much, you know, a, a better dialogue across the entire organization, but also better outcomes because then I can, you know, then I product will know what, what is achievable in three months or what good might look like in four months if we go to market because that means my colleagues. So it's, it, it is the credibility and the ability to just um, say, you know, well, I don't know why it's broken, why the go-to-market is broken in, in this company, but let's go figure it out. Awesome. So, We've, we've talked a lot about, well, we've, we have kind of crossed into what you need to leave behind as an interim CMO for success. But I think that's a fascinating conversation to have another time, which I hope you'll join me for, Kyla. I think we've, we've covered quite a bit of very interesting stuff with what, what you need to start out as a good C, uh, interim CMO. But I think a future conversation would definitely have to be about it. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, what to leave behind. Um, thank you very much for joining us today, Kyla. This has been a really interesting conversation. Um, I, think it's going to be interesting, not just to CMOs, but also to, to companies looking to hire interim CMOs as well, setting them up for success. Um, thank you very much for listening, and we'll be back soon with another CMO Convo. Thank you.